You're listening to the Creating Your Own Path podcast, episode number 56. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Jen Snyder, and as always, you can listen to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast app. You can also catch a new episode each week at creatingyourownpath.com. So I'm very excited to be recording this intro from Sacramento today, you guys. I got home a few days ago, and though the CYOP road trip was amazing, coming home felt pretty darn good. So I will be getting a little bit quiet on social media over the next few days as I settle in and spend some quality time with my husband and pups. As you can imagine, I've missed them quite a bit, but I will definitely be back in action sometime next week. I have so much to share with you all after going on this trip, but I want to get started with today's episode. The show brings me to the beautiful studio of art director and designer Christine Wisniewski. Based in Cleveland, she runs a multidisciplinary studio where she and her team create everything from brand identities to special art projects. Christine's work has always caught my eye, so it was really pretty wonderful to chat with her in person. During the interview, we talk a lot about how changes affect a business over time and the benefits of working for someone else before striking out on your own. We also had a pretty honest discussion about being open to new ideas and change by kind of loosening the reins on the idea that everything needs to be mapped out ahead of time. I know I'm guilty of that, so it was a really good discussion to have. I know you guys are going to get a lot out of what Christine has to say, so let's just get to it. Hi, Christine. Hello, Jennifer. How are you? I'm good. Good. Um, thank you for letting me come to your beautiful studio here in downtown Cleveland. Thank you for visiting. Yeah. Uh, let's just kind of start at the beginning because I'm, I'm so fascinated with your work. So will you tell us a bit about your background and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Um, I went to undergraduate and graduate school at uh, Kent State University, which is about 45 minutes outside of Cleveland. After that, I uh, had an a full-time position for a small design studio, and then went on to take a position uh, with a small agency in, in Cleveland. Uh, I spent about seven years there where I worked, you know, kind of my my way up the positions. I started, I was actually an intern, then I was a designer, a senior designer, and, and by the end I was art director. Oh, wow. So um, it was a really a great learning experience to be in all those different positions within the same, within the same company. And then about four and a half years ago, I started my studio here in uh, Cleveland, and we do traditional graphic design as well as um, we do like special art projects where we're doing public art or we're writing DIY projects for blogs and uh, museums and other nonprofits. Okay. When you think back to the beginning of your design career, you know, you, you said you went through all of those different positions. Do you remember a moment or moments, I guess, when things started to shift from, you know, you're kind of just getting started, you're hustling, to building momentum, and yeah. I'm curious what moments sort of stand out for you. I think that, um, like, there's, there's a couple moments, and they were all, like, in different periods. I think um, when I, in the early years when I was just starting out, those uh, seven years that I spent at a small agency, um, you know, the first few years out of school, you're kind of just getting comfortable. You think you know what you're doing, but sometimes there's just like so much stuff that you don't know until you start making all these errors, and then you're like, oh, I really should be careful. <laughs> right, right, right. But, you know, um, there's a perk of doing that when you're working for someone else. Um, so I think those early years, it probably took me about, 
after the fourth year, I had a feel for what I was doing. You know, design became easy, I think, because I was developing a style, and I just felt comfortable in always doing that style versus thinking I needed to recreate the wheel every time. Um, I was managing my own projects, you know, and managing the timelines, and that became much easier and less overwhelming, as well as, I think a, a big point was becoming comfortable with the clients and understanding you know, all of their stresses, and by doing that and evolving to having these great relationships with clients, it made the process so much better. I think early on, I was more focused on um, design that I wanted to create mm -hmm. versus design that was appropriate for my clients, but then also still, you know, fulfilled the design need that I wanted. Right, right. So that was like, there was a big clicking point. And when was that? Was that, were you still working with I was working the with company? A, yeah, I was working with an agency and it was probably my fourth year, like, okay. being a full-time designer. Okay. You know, that I, that finally all started coming together. Yeah. Because in the early years, you just become overwhelmed with the project itself versus, like, you know, understanding this whole process and how everything kind of goes together. Right. Um, because design is just a lot more than design. Right. You know? Well, yeah, um, you know, I've, I've spoken with some other designers before, and it's almost like you have to be this, you're one part psychologist, one Absolutely. part investigator. Yeah. You, you have to really dig deep into Cultural what they anthropology, and, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a lot. And, um, and then I, I think continuing the other point um, where I felt the momentum was probably about after I started the studio, was year two of the studio, um, I moved out of my home office and moved into the space. Mm -hmm. So I think that helped me feel more official. And even though you, you know, after being in the industry for seven years and being an art director and feeling comfortable in what I was doing, when you make that leap to being on your own, you do feel like you lost a little bit of um, your comfort zone, you know, that coat of armor that you wear of confidence. Mm -hmm. You lose a little bit just because it's different. You know, you worked with a team of, and people, and you had this support staff, and when you work on, you know, work by yourself in the beginning, you just have to figure out, how do I do all these things right. this way? Right. And how it takes you longer. It yeah. takes you so much longer. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true. And you have to be, you know, potentially the accountant and the HR yes. and the, all the stuff. So. Absolutely. Um, so I think in year two, like, beyond moving into the space, it made me feel um, more confident. I started to, was able to remember kind of, um, you know, what my value was and mm -hmm. that like I had value and the services that I offered had value and to, um, I just, I think I took control of the projects again and in the first two years I kind of experimented but after that mark I just kind of ran with them yeah. and stopped like overthinking and, sure. and doing that. So I have a couple of questions. Sure. So let's go back to working for an agency first. Mm -hmm. Is that something, you know, there are a lot of people listening who might still be going to school for design or, um, or they're just graduating or wh whatever the case may be. And so I'm curious, do you re recommend working for somebody else first? I, I know a lot of people want to jump right into working for themselves. And so, I mean, do you have any... I will always say work for someone else first. Okay. Um, I just feel like you... You learn a lot. You learn the process of the day and how to do everything. And it's kind of funny, the internships that I offer an internship um, kind of program, I'll say here. And um, traditionally, I was doing two a year. Um, but they would last usually anywhere from four to six months. 
but the goal of the internship really, because most of the students were either graduates um, or they were freshly graduate. Oh, okay. Um, was to kind of get them in the comfort zone of like, I knew that they could design, but mm -hmm. how to do all this, how to like go from managing tasks to managing projects to juggling, you know, um, creating sign-off sheets and organizing pricing and, because, you know, we do all of that. It's not right. just like someone else, we don't have an account manager. Right. So, um, and I like to do everything pretty neat and organized and buttoned up and, you know, delivering it in a graceful bow. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think that's essential when you work for someone else. You kind of learn those processes and how to run your day. Okay. Organizing what's, learning how to pick what's most important to work on first. I mean, right. I still struggle with that. And I've been working, you know, since 2003. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and I remember, I mean, I'm a pretty organized person. And those listening who know me know that I'm, um, I'm I probably am much like you, that I like things very much tied up in a nice little bow. And that's, yeah, yeah. you got to have it organized. Uh, but my organizational skills as a student look very, 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 very different from being organized, say, in a nine-to-five environment and then they look they looked even more different when I had to do it myself when I was imposing right. my own structure on myself and so um all I feel like all those steps matter in a lot of ways so I I, I kind of agree with you that it, it would be helpful to even even just have an internship even if that's what you want to do it gives you a frame of reference and it also I mean if you don't even agree with how you how they're doing it then at least you say okay I don't want to do it this way right right you know absolutely so you have an idea and I also and it also is beneficial, which some employers might not want to know, but you do, you can, you learn and you make mistake, mistakes and it's not your own money that you're sure. making mistakes with, you right. know, um, $600 print jobs, $30,000 print jobs, you know, that's a big risk. And mm -hmm. I think if you're directly out of school, you may not know all those things. Right. In fact, I know you will not know what you don't know. And right. it becomes very dangerous. Right. <laughs> I've made, made those mistakes. Sure. You know? Sure. So, I mean, even my job here now with other designers is to communicate those mistakes I've made so, you know, people know what to look out for. Right. Um, so, I mean, the mistakes are not bad. You just learn from them and say, okay, I'm not doing that again. Right. <laughs> right. We will proof it a third time before yeah. it goes to print. And sometimes they're not even, like, the mistakes can vary from, like, you know, very tactile things, like a typo, mm -hmm. um, to, like, maybe we didn't approach this client relationship the best way. Like, you learn how to identify, I mean... Clients and that whole portion of what we do is like so so much of a big deal. Yep. Um, it can like make or break your process. Sure. And um, how to build that relationship or to identify the personality type um, yeah. that maybe you don't want to work with again, or you say, okay, this is the personality type that we love to work with, and anyone that fits into this will take that project on. Right. So. Right. No, that's all good points. And so I'm curious now. You said that another kind of turning point was getting the studio. And uh, I have, I work, well, I work from all over the place. I work from my home office, from <laughs> coffee shops, from co-working spaces. I've thought about even just getting a teeny tiny cubbyhole space for myself because of the legitimacy factor, too, in that you have a place to meet clients and you have a place that you can just go to work, you know, and not worry about whether the dishes are in the sink or if the dogs are barking or whatever, distractions you have in, a, in another place. So can you talk a little bit about, maybe go into detail a little bit more about how how that transition helped you? Um, I think like 
I really enjoyed working from home. I was like, I really enjoyed the, that I could multitask, that I could be like doing laundry, and then I could have like eggs for lunch, <laughs> um, and then I could still work on projects. And at that, the time when I worked at home, I was doing a lot of, I was writing a lot of DIY projects for Design for Mankind, mm -hmm. uh, for Aaron Lochner. So um, it was kind of great. Some days I would be working on DIYs at like 10 o'clock at night, you know. Um, but there also, there's no boundaries when you work from home, mm -hmm. you know. And I sometimes felt that like clients could easily come into my life. And I love my clients though, but like it just, there was no separation. And deciding to get the space just helped provide some separation. And then it was almost provided motivation because oh, I was like, this is serious. Okay, I have to take myself more serious, which is why then I probably felt like, oh, what, your services are valuable. You start to like think differently because of it, right? which is kind of silly. But it, it is, but it's not. Because, I mean, I think um, it depends. I'm sure that some people can do just fine working from home and some might need that, that separation, if you will, that structure. Like, this is where I work. This is where I live my life. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just always curious to, to ask people, you know, why they got a space versus working from home versus, you know, working from a coffee shop like yours truly. I just, I work <laughs> all the time, mm -hmm. which I, I mean, I'm much better about now, you know. Um, I like a lot of boundaries. I don't work. I try not to work on weekends. Mm -hmm. I actually try not to work late evenings as well because I feel like I need to enjoy life to like do this well. Um, if I do work on the weekends or in the evenings, it's on my choice um, because I just feel inspired and I want to work on it. Right. Or I have a few hours and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to organize and get the schedules up to date or something mm -hmm. like that. With every big change in your business, it takes like a few months to get comfortable with it. Right. You know, moving into the space was scary for the six months because I was like, can I afford this? Can I, can I do all this? Immediately, of course, I wanted to, like, you know, renovate the whole space and right. finish it to be exactly how I wanted, well, how we have it now even. But, you know, that's just not possible. Not when you're juggling projects as well. Right. So um, I think it just takes you a few months with each big change to kind of adjust and realize, okay, I can do this. This isn't that bad. And then you find something else that you want to change. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Then right. you're like, okay, I'm adding employees. Yeah, and so so now you're there, right? You're yes. adding employees. So that's, I mean, that's a big deal. And so I kind of want to talk about your projects because you do so many different things. Like you, you kind of listed off what you did in the beginning. And all of those projects appear to be very, very different. Uh, however, I'm, I'm curious how you approach them all. So do you have a similar client intake process, if you will, for each type of project or or is each project different like when when you're I don't know designing um packaging versus event invitations or, or is it different or do you have the same kind of process for each project we have the same kind of process okay. yeah um how I actually come about doing the work you know how the client comes in that's always different okay um but um how we approach the projects is kind of same. Um, but I do usually think through a project, which is kind of in my proposal stage. I'll do an initial planning of, okay, how are we going to approach this project? What makes sense? Um, how do we not waste hours and like run up the bill? You know, right. um, is it necessary to start from scratch? Mm -hmm. um, because some projects, I mean, I love starting projects from scratch, but some projects we don't, you know. Um, sometimes Clients are really attached to their existing logo. Maybe they've had it for 30 years. How can we just make it better and refresh it? So I do spend a lot of times in the beginning of projects planning, how do I really approach this? What's 
what's the issue, what's the challenge, and what makes the most sense. Okay. Um, and I have, there's a studio manager that um, is in a few days a week, and usually her and I go through that process. Okay. It's just nice to have someone else to listen to. Absolutely. And be like, okay, does this sound like a crazy idea? Or should we approach it this way? You know, and then we kind of tackle the process, um, communicate it to the client. Sure. And then go about it. But, you know, traditionally it's still, we're beginning with, you know, planning the process, thinking through some, doing some research, um, initial sketches and concepting. Um, and the process, we're not, it's not necessarily, I guess throughout the process, you're not delivering, we're never just delivering uh, concepts to the clients and saying this is it. Um, I really like to have them involved in the process, and okay. I don't like to ever tell someone this is what it has to be. I see. Um, in my years in working for an agency, that was kind of different. Yeah, um, sure. But it's something I've chosen, and it's something I feel comfortable with, because I feel like the clients have such knowledge of what they do and what they're selling mm -hmm. that um, it's essential that they are part of it. Right. And we're kind of making decisions together. Right. So um, we'll sh share a lot of work in rough state. You know, it won't be, maybe they're, they're mock-ups, but they're rough mock-ups. Mm -hmm. um, we'll share sketches just to kind of get, you know, their idea for on board. We mm -hmm. present new boards a lot of times. Uh -huh. um, and then once we're kind of all in the right direction, we'll narrow it down and finalize everything. I see. Okay. So, and I think that's, you're right, it is different from maybe some agencies that will just narrow it down and then show options. And so that's something you learned from working from somebody else. Absolutely. Something that you wanted to do differently. Yeah. And I don't, you know, uh, <laughs> that may change eventually. Um, maybe it's not cost effective uh, or efficient, you know. Um, but for right now, it's the way that we do things. Right. Yeah. I feel, I feel good about it. You know? Well, that's what matters. The other thing, I mean, another thing that I learned too was just like every decision that I make, every relationship that I have is about like, I just do what makes me feel good and the need to be honest and just, you know, upfront about things and everything. So that was a, a something I learned about having my own business is that I could do that. Right. And it feels good like to just be yourself, you know, versus feeling like, okay, I have to, you know. Have to do it some the way that somebody else did yes. before you or something like yes. that. Yeah. Or I have to ask this team to stay four more hours to work on this. You know. Right. So. Yeah. No, I, I completely understand. So uh, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit sure. because I have been following your Instagram for quite some time. And that's part of the reason I'm so excited to be here because I'm seeing <laughs> this space in, in person and it's beautiful. But you recently have been posting pictures about a huge public art project and it looks incredible. So. Will you share just a little bit about it and how you were involved? And I'll post I'll post a, a link to one of the photos because sure, it's sure. beautiful. Um, so the project you're talking about um, was uh, a project I worked on with Land Studios in Cleveland, and they basically are visionaries and create public art spaces for people. Um, they also connect um, these these projects and sites for projects with grants. Oh, okay. So they're kind of the liaison. So they reached out to me to work on um, a public art project that is just um, just off the shores of Lake Erie. It's a rapid station, and they wanted to basically bring life to the station. Um, and they had some initial ideas, so together we worked on a plan for how we could make it a bit more exciting. And the structure, the building itself, had some very neat geometric um, qualities to it. 
and it's made out of all glass. So our approach was basically to use colored vinyl and then create pattern. Okay. And to cover the building in color and pattern. It's a, so it's a transit yep. station. Is it? Okay, so that's your public transit system? Yeah. Okay, okay. I just yeah. wanted to clarify. It's RTA. Okay, okay. And RTA was also a sponsor of the project, so... Obviously, um, they... they naming them. Yeah, <laughs> no, they're getting, um, they're getting a lot of benefit out of it, yeah. I would think, so... Yeah, and the project is, uh, it'll be up for about three years. Um, oh, so it's temporary. It's temporary, okay. yeah. It's pretty amazing what you can do with colored vinyl. Absolutely. Yes. And Avery is a local um, company, actually, oh, so they okay. donated uh, Oh, that's amazing. The vinyl. That's amazing. Okay, so... What exactly? So, did you do like the planning of it, or what yeah? Was your so, work? how that project worked, the the process for that one is since uh, the client came to me basically and had an idea of the structure, I was basically you know packaging it. Okay. Um, so, I worked um, an initial some initial sketches. I had construction drawings, and I basically um, sat on the beach while we were on vacation with colored pencils and drew up you know colored on top of those. Up. Yeah, and wow. worked on some a variety of different patterns that we could do, keeping it kind of simple because it was important that we could get the biggest bang for our buck. Like, sure. You know, um, granted we knew we could cover it in color, but I don't, that wasn't necessarily economical for, for us. So we had a couple different approaches and if we could do like half panels or full panels. So again, another a fun part of a process that I like to work on. The um, logistics. Yeah, part. and it was kind of nice because there's so many rules already established mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, versus having like complete creative freedom there was so much so many controls already there right. that you could just focus on color and pattern which is right great yeah um and land studios takes care of managing all the coordination of the production which was great so they worked with um the printers on insulation and they worked uh, with a lighting crew as well oh so okay. it's internally lit in the How evening beautiful yeah oh that's exciting yeah. well it's again it's a it's a stunning project at least i haven't seen it in person but seeing it just in photos I was really impressed with it. I think it's it's always fun to um, see how people create art in public, you know, uh, um, and see how people react to it and and all of that stuff. So, so yeah, it's it's beautiful. Thank you. So I again, I'm going to transition just a little bit because I want to talk about design trends. Trends are always it's a it's an interesting topic to cover because some people love them, some people do not. But I'm <laughs> curious if there are any trends that you're loving right now, and if there are any that you wouldn't mind seeing go away? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I laugh at that question because it's just, uh, I'm one who does not really follow trends. Um, I think just because of like my traditionally trained like graphic design background, it's very rooted in classic and timeless design, um, which is, you know, also really important for me to the service that we offer to clients because, you know, I feel like they're making this investment in their business and, you know, it's up to me to deliver something that will last them for at least five years, you know, um, that they should have some return on that investment. So it's kind of a sense of responsibility, which is silly. But again, that's something I didn't understand when I was a young designer. You know, it was all about me, Mm -hmm. not necessarily about what's... What's best for the client. Yeah. And it's not that, what's, you know, I do consider all those other things, but it's just something to always pay attention to. Right. So, which might be why my work is always, like, kind of all over the place and it changes for each project because it's just something important to me. Right. Um, so, if I had to pick some trends, um, 
Gold foil is one that I love. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I used it in the Trentina Identity, uh, a local restaurant here, and then uh, another Identity recently. It's, but I probably like it because it's classic and it's timeless, mm-hmm. um, and it can be used in a variety of ways. But other than that, um, you know, I don't, I don't really know what is on trend okay. and what uh, is in. Yeah. I mean, I, I do. I am on Pinterest, and I do start. To, you start to see yes. what people are gravitating to, but I hope to be ahead of the trend. Yeah, no, that's a good answer. <laughs> that's a good answer, I think, um, because I think you know, I mean, some trends that I'm seeing mostly on the web is you know handwritten fonts with Absolutely. maybe like some watercolor, yeah. you know, texture. So it, I think it's funny to see all of those things rise up and then go away and then other things rise up and then you kind of see them fade away and um and I love watching how people then either flip them on their head maybe five years down the road to to just kind of switch it up a little bit so that's why I guess that's what I'm I'm talking about in terms of trends that that's actually kind of like my goal it's kind of a fun game you know uh, when I was creating a lot of projects for Aaron at Design for Mm -hmm. Mankind a big thing in that time period was things that were dip dyed Oh, sure. Or had that, like, ombre uh, mm-hmm. effect. So, like, it was kind of a running joke between us. And I was like, I don't want to do another dip dye. And then I'm like, if I have to, I'm totally going to mark this. What can we do? You know, and that's when we did, like, the dip dyed sneakers or right. um, dip dyed wooden blocks. And, you know, how can, how can we apply this trend but in, like, completely our way and put our spin on it? Right. Um, yeah. So that it's still appealing maybe to those people who want... <laughs> who want that. Right. Yes. But it's just, like... In a fashion that I felt good a about. A little bit funky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Um, How and I, I turn think... it? I mean, even this wall actually is kind of something that has become into the trends, like this idea of a peg wall. And oh, sure. I mean, we did this right when we moved in. And this month when I opened Martha Stewart Living, it was a version of this was in it. So, right. you know, it's kind of interesting to see what happens. I mean, and this choice was made purely out of standpoint of budget right there it was cheap pegs yeah and 14 dollar boards right <laughs> and it filled a really large wall right and um, it looks great yeah so and this one we did with um with grace at design sponge uh-huh um we, and i'll put we, a we wrote a post for that yeah so. i'll put a link in the show notes because people can't see the yeah. wall we're looking at but it's gorgeous it's beautifully done and inexpensively done which is nice i mean that's yeah, a good inspiration it's, it's functional you know maybe yeah. it won't hold like you know 50 pounds each shelf. Right. Maybe not all of your design books go on these shelves, but yeah, (laughs) they're good for display. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely post a link because it is, it's the first thing you come, you see when you come in the door and it's beautiful. So, um, I'll make sure people get to see it. So, uh, okay. Well, all good answers. You don't follow trends necessarily, but when you do see them, you try to get a little funky with it and switch it up. Okay. I love that. So that's smart. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just one step ahead, one step ahead. We're sitting in your stunning studio here in Cleveland, and I'm curious what about Cleveland made you want to set up shop here? Because even if you were working from home in Cleveland, it, it, it's, a, it's a commitment to set up shop in a studio somewhere. And so what about Cleveland sort of keeps you inspired? What, what sort of inspires your creativity here? Cleveland has always kind of been um, like in my heart, I guess. I grew up, my husband and I actually both grew up about 15 minutes south. Okay. Um, and I spent a lot of time here as a child. My father uh, would bring us up uh, into downtown 
and we would go, you know, to Old Municipal Stadium, and we just spent a lot of time in the city. Um, so I've always kind of wanted to be in the city, and I grew up watching like Working Girl. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> I dreamed of power suits. I don't kind of, I don't really do that now, but that was kind of like what I wanted. Right. You know. Um, so that's kind of why I'm here. I, I think I've always just kind of been drawn to the city. My husband and I also live uh, in a neighborhood um, within the city limits. Oh, okay. Um, that we really enjoy. So literally my drive is about two minutes along the lake every morning. It's like the shortest drive. Sometimes it's a little too short. Like I get here and I'm like, I don't really want to work yet. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just sit for 15 minutes as if I was in traffic. Right, right. That's um, funny. Yeah. And I think how we picked this space itself was that the, the view, the light is just amazing. Mm -hmm. It was already white walls. Um, well, maybe they painted some for me. Um, but I really liked the layout of the space. I wanted to be in a building with other small businesses. Mm -hmm. It felt more secure to me. I looked at a lot of storefronts that were intriguing. Oh, interesting. Yeah, in the neighborhood, actually, that we live. Um, but this felt more secure, and I also really love uh, the gentlemen that run our elevators. You know, it was just, when I was, when it was just me, it was great to just encounter other people. Sure. Throughout the day. Sure. You know, when I worked from home, it was just cats. So, right. Like, <laughs> for me, it's dogs. So you I need like a little bit. <laughs> you do. Human interaction yes. is key. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I love that. And um, so can you talk about, you know, you said you, you love being in a building with other um, small businesses. So can you kind of talk about the different people who are in this building? Sure. Um, I would say next door directly, which you guys aren't hearing today because they're normally pretty loud. There's um, a stained glass company who's been there for about 27 years, and they restore um, stained glass from churches and, you know, extraordinary um, homes like Stan Hewitt Hall in Akron. Um, there's also, you know, I have friends that are, you know, on this side of the building below me. There's um, a photographer that I work with, um, my girlfriend that I actually worked at the agency with. Uh -huh. She has a design studio as well and a letterpress studio. Oh, cool. And she's on floor two. So, like, I can run down and visit with people. Um, there's a handful of photographers on the other side. Um, I have uh, friends that have an interior design studio. Okay. Um, there's a, a shared studio with a jeweler and a leathersmith company. So, it's, it's, oh, that's a, cool. it's a great little building. Yeah, and a lot of, I love that it's all sort of creative work. There's a handful of like mixed like wine distributors too, mm -hmm. so it's just kind of well. That's helpful well, for that's creative helpful. work. Right? <laughs> right, we'll just go borrow a case. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, they won't, they won't care. They won't notice. They didn't need it anyways. Yeah. No, I think that's great. So I like hearing that there's sort of a community um, of people who can interact and and maybe I mean I don't know if you do this, but bounce ideas off because it would be interesting to get somebody else's take on something. Yes. Or pick up your packages when they're like right. One this weekend, the package of mine was left on the loading dock on Saturday. Oh no! They're not supposed to deliver on Saturdays. So right. My friend found it, and she's like, "I have your package." Wow. Well, yeah. That's so it's nice. Yeah. That is nice. It's nice to have a community of people. So, all right. So for those looking to launch a creative career, what advice would you give them? I know we already talked about kind of working for somebody else first, but do you have any other advice in any in any industry? What would your advice be? I feel like um, my, I guess, evolution has been very organic. 
Like, in my mind, I have had an idea of what I wanted to happen, and I feel like it's kind of gone close, but I think it's okay if you don't have a solid plan. Like, there's something fun about, like, letting it take you where it goes, you know? Uh, maybe it's, like, a six-month or a year plan, and you try that, but then once you get towards the end of six, the six months, other factors start to come in, and you're, like, you see other wa ways and avenues that you can take things. So um, there's been something great about allowing those organic things to happen. You know, for me, it was like I got to meet Erin from Design for Mankind and work with her for a little bit. Or, and then I started doing a little work with Grace from Design Sponge. Mm -hmm. Just a fun way and how I even, you know, was able to meet you and have this discussion. You know, um, it's just interesting to see what, where things can lead you. Right. So, if, you, if you're open to it. If you're open to it. Yeah. yeah. No, that's really good advice. I mean, I, I know a lot of people say, you've got to have a plan, at least have a business plan. And I think... Uh, it's fine to have some structure. I've already mentioned it in this podcast once that I, I need structure, but, but you're right because if you leave yourself open to some possibilities, you never know what can come of it. And so, um, I love that. I love that, you know, even if you do have a little bit of structure, that's great advice to kind of just see what happens sometimes. Yeah. And it's just kind of, well, it's nice to have the plan so you can like turn your mind off for a little bit and just kind of do Right, but then it's great to just check back in, mm -hmm. which is kind of my approach to design too, which is kind of funny. Um, you know, I don't believe in like planning everything out so detailed. I feel like that just breaks the process. You know, mm -hmm. there's something fun about like having a general idea, experimenting, and then totally switching it up and ending up with something like different than you planned because our minds can only comprehend and plan so much. Right. You know, I feel like you're missing out on some great ideas and directions if you try to overplan it. Yeah. No, that's great advice. I love that. So, okay. So we're just wrapping it up. So where are the best places online to find out more about you and your work? I would say the best place to see, uh, you know, what I'm working on would be Instagram. Okay. You know, I, it's most current. I will always post things that we're working on or just finished. There'll be a, a mix of a little bit of cats in there too, probably. <laughs> That's fine by cats me. Cats and, and a little life. And your handle is? It's Christine Wisniewski. Yeah. Um, and then your website is? ChristineWisniewski.com. Okay. All right. Well, perfect, Christine. Thank you for your sure. time today. Thank you. I appreciate it. That was Christine, you guys. As she mentioned, you can find all of her work at ChristineWisniewski.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. W-I-S-N-I-E-S-K-I.com. And you'll love her Instagram feed. You can also find her at Christine Wisniewski. If you want to say hello to me, which I love, you can always find me at Jennifer E. Snyder on Instagram. As usual, I have linked up to everything we mentioned throughout the episode over at creatingyourownpath.com. And please remember, if you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a review or hit that subscribe button. That will make sure you get all the episodes. Thanks for listening, you guys, and I'll catch you next time.